It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Evening everyone, welcome to the Devil's Advocate Podcast. It's nine o'clock, it's a Wednesday night, which means only one thing, talk of the league is back. And thank God, Julio's not on the show tonight, so me and Evan get a nice welcome break from all his bullshit. Uh, only joking, Julio. <laughs> <laughs> if you're watching, Julio, I hope you're doing well, mate. Um, Evan, how are you getting on, my oh, friend? Well, first off, I hope Julia's having a miserable fucking night for missing this. But look, <laughs> I'm glad he's I'm glad he's missing it because it's going to be a juicy one. It's going to be a juicy one. Yeah, no, I'm I'm I may one now. I won't lie. I'm hectic with work, lads. Hectic with work for sure. We're pushing through, getting through it now. Not too bad. That's 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 it. That's all you can do. Push through. Keen is in do, tonight in place of Julio. It's great to see you again, Keen. How are you getting on, my friend? Oh, lads, it's fucking great to be back. I haven't been on in fuck. I haven't been on this show since it's, since it's been back. And the Messiah uh, has returned. The chosen yeah. one. <laughs> one. Yeah, no, as Mourinho had said in this return press conference, Chelsea is the happy one. Um <laughs> but that's that's me right now. I'm the happy one. Um, if I if I speak, I am big trouble. Big, big trouble. Big, big trouble. But uh yeah, look, no, it's great to be back. Um I think it's been a long time coming to talk. I've been on Talk the League even when Greg was hosting it two years ago. I was I was only on it once. I think. I think Fuck I hosted. Greg. This is a better better version. Fuck uh, Greg. <laughs> uh, Evan has it out for Greg tonight, but look, yeah, it's good to be back. <laughs> it actually it's actually going to be a good thing to like, not talk about Man United, even though we're doing quite well at the minute. But it, it's good to kind of um talk about other clubs and. Does you know obviously not have my head wrecked about about all the hundred one things that are go- that's going on in my own club. 
Yeah, it's 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 a nice break, and you picked a good show to come on because it, this is going to be a taste one. Everyone has been looking forward to this one all the way, all day, and his hey, top Premier League positions. And and uh, oh, look, our friend is in the comments there, <laughs> eloquent as always. Evening, Julio. Oh, Hope you keep him well. Bastard. <laughs> they are. Have to keep the flag flying high from after. <laughs> Uh, good to see in the comments, Julia. Good to see in the comments. But look, lads, we'll, we'll start off with a bit of Premier League current chat and uh, the the curious case of Calvin Phillips, um, the very good friend of the Stratford end there a few weeks ago, getting getting all sorts of abuse when he was playing for West Ham. Um, Evan, we'll come to you first on this one. What, what do you make of Calvin Phillips? Because he's gone from being one of the most desired number sixes in the Premier League with Leeds United. And his career has just taken an absolute nosedive since he went to Man City. Is he proof that the grass isn't all as greener and these moves to the big clubs aren't all as the right thing? Uh, being honest, I think it was more what every young player is coming for now is chasing the moolah, chasing the big bucks, CER big bucks. And it's a case of Pep just has so much debt with that United squad that it's He's able to afford to keep starters on the bench, like do you know what I mean? It's it, it's madness. That's the the de- I think that's what's really catched him. I don't think it's his decline in ability. I think it, no. it's more of the the depth of the squad that City have is what's keeping him on the bench, and the talent that's on that whole squad in general is is what's holding them back. That he's unfortunately out of all that squad just on that bottom tier and it's just the way it goes like he just has to just has to face facts like that's how it is um so that squad is just too good and to try burst onto that squad ahead of Rodri who's not only doing immense but he's he's knocking in goals as well this season as well well, like and Pep is not going to give that up for Phillips like it's it's I can't see it happening like maybe in a no shitty, shitty match. Like I'm sure they're they've United still left to play again, but like other than that, I can't see, I can't see Pep swapping over, unless Roger gets injured. Like, but do you think he was a bit naive there, thinking he could come in and just display someone like Roger who had proven his pedigree in winning trophies, and he was just coming from somewhere like Leeds, like who had been a mid-table club and then got relegated? Was he a bit naive, thinking he was going to come in, or do you think he actually does have the ability to? overtake someone uh, like Rodri. Like he is he is a young talent, like he is in fairness. Like um like I think we're gonna discuss the further on with with um Selkate's uh choices there, but like it's not crazy to have goals and ambitions like to wanting to burst through that team and like anyone on that Leeds team if City comes knocking, they're gonna take it like without a doubt, yes. they're gonna take it. Comment so in there is actually like, what do you do? City come knock on your league. It's a fair point. Exactly. There you go. Great minds think alike. But any, do you know any... what? Do you know with the Phillips deal from Leeds to City? Do you know Manchester City came in on the back of Man United preparing a bit, so they yeah. were doing it to make sure United wouldn't get him. Even though, to be fair, you probably like at the time it was debatable would, whether he would have started ahead of Scott McTominay or not. At well, the time. that that's what I literally I was about to say. Would you yeah. would you start Phillips instead of McTominay? You wouldn't start ahead of Casemiro or Manu, no. Well, no, Max Tomlin's face, 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 face,
number 10 that's like now or whatever you want to call it like so he's an attacking defense it, maybe. <laughs> yeah. interesting comment here. Like, I was like I was just thinking this today about Matthias Nunes I'd actually forgotten he'd even signed for Man City I'd just seen his name and won the squad squad the squad chief for last night's game against Bradford and he was on the subs bench I'd actually forgotten he'd even made the move to City is like it's it's an example of another kind of I don't know, City kind of flexing financial muscle on a player that they did it did it really need? Money talks, they like and they have security in money. So they do. Like they're gonna yeah. stack that bench. So no matter who gets injured, who's out for how many weeks, that they have backup. They have backup in strength. And that's essentially what Pep is he wants to guaranteed by I hate saying it, but buying buying the league. Um Reese says here in the comment, Phillips just doesn't fit that side. Keen, do you agree with that? That Phillips was never really a pep, typical pep sign that he could actually ever fit into that kind of style of play and that squad style of play and that setup. No, because I don't agree with that at all. I think he, Callum Phillips could have sat in his number six role and picked up the ball from deep and obviously though kept safe possession and Joe helped obviously play into the likes of De Bruyne and Bernardo Silva in more advanced positions. I do think he could do that. He can he's so he's good, he's very smart in intercepting the ball and you know, obviously you know, screen in the midfield. But obviously Rodri's world class, he's the best midfielder in the league behind Kevin De Bruyne, in my opinion. Um But the thing the thing is, right, I think Phillips is on the same class of pet buying players as of Grealish and Kyle Walker. He fits into that category of it's it's not like it it won't it wouldn't work. It, it obviously will work. Just look at Kyle Walker, he's there with years. Grealish he's kind of touching goal, right? But he still fits into that squad like. So there's no reason why Phillips couldn't fit into that number six role, like Ian was saying. And there's no reason why he couldn't fit in. There's no reason why he couldn't fit in, but like when you have Rodri there, and also if you look at last season when Phillips had a few injuries, Cancelo Joe before Cancelo left, Cancelo was inverting from right back into midfield as well. And um, so he's also behind Joe Cancelo as well, who's a top top footballer. I I seen him at Old Trafford two years ago, and I, I went to Ollie's second last game as manager. And Cal, uh, Cancelo, like from right back, literally ran the show when he do obviously when he was drifting into midfield and creating play, fantastic on the ball. So we have technical players like Rodri, Cancelo at the time, and now John Stones kind of slipping into that role as well. It's kind of hard for him to kind of to make his place into the team. Um. But again, I do think it was more Manchester City buying them. So Man- Manchester United couldn't, but Manchester United needed a six. Um, so in, in, I don't know. In I'd, have to, I'd have to disagree there. I'd have to, I think it was more strength on the bench. Back up. But, like, but, they had, than... they had, but they were playing inverted midfielder and they had Cancelo, they had Rico Lewis, they had John Stones. And then Kanji was also filling that role. So Yeah, I suppose. But I think it was more of a a sole number six. And I think that's what mm. Phillips is. He is solely a number six like. Whereas the likes of Cancelo they're they're drifting positions. Mm. It's weird Pep's just a weird well not a weird individual voice. So tactically flexible. You know, kind of hard to explain sometimes what he does with his system, but it's just mm. so effective. I suppose that's why he's manager of the top six and we're here chatting shit about him. <laughs> yeah, he, he might be manager in top six. He might be in the top six league too very soon. But like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a bit of a mad genius like that, isn't he? I remember the, the back of the Champions League final. 
in 2021 when Chelsea bet them that time during COVID and he played but and he was only holding midfield or something like that. He, just, he played good yeah. to one of six and Rodri on the bench. He was he was a few tactical on the counter. He was he overthought that situation he definitely. Overthought it. He was losing sleep over it. Yeah. And I said it weeks before Hannes Werner in over the top. They're going to burst on pace with that because City had that high back line that night and they wouldn't let off. They wouldn't drift back to the keeper. That high line killed them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and just like, staying on that point with Calvin Phillips, then looking ahead to the European Championships, and we know that Calvin Phillips is one of Gareth Southgate's go-to men. Obviously, we're three Irish men sitting here. We don't give a shite what England do in the Euros. We hope they absolutely pan out as normal. But it's still an interesting topic of debate. You look at Jordan Henderson as well, the other side, that, that cocked up Saudi Arabia move. He's now over at Ajax. So he's not really playing at a top, top level anymore. I mean, it poses an interesting question for the summer. And a name like someone like Kobe Manu now is starting to get hotter and hotter week on week because the chap's form is just going through the roof. Keen, do you think there's a chance that Kobe Menu could go to the Euros this summer with England and potentially even start in the centre of the park for, for England? We look at the profile of midfielder that England had profiles, sorry, that of the of the of the England midfield. I think automatically Joe Bellingham and Declan Rice start. I do think Rice has to play as a six. I think Southgate has to play Bellingham in the number ten role rather than as an eight, because you look at look at Bellingham for Madrid this season. Yeah, he's, he's cooking. Probably, he's, He's though he's he done it from number ten role, and he's getting into the box. He's scoring goals. Yeah, do you know what I mean he's he's being strong? He's though he's he's making like Lampard esque runs into the box though to score mm-hmm. goals. Yeah. He's been very productive that way. I do think what he's everything. He's everything. Yeah. yeah, he's absolutely everything. But if I'm looking at balance in midfield right now for England, you look at the number six role, Rice, Creighton Cunt, He's going to play there anyway. Then you have Bellingham as number 10, where he's playing for Madrid. I do think England are lacking that number eight to kind of come in, obviously be that kind of box-to-box, to help recycle play, Joe, can help retain the ball. I think Copy Menu um, can fit that role. I think one thing I have a concern about, if he does go, it's just a bit too much too soon. I know he's, yeah. he's a really good footballer. He's very mature in the way he plays. My concern is, would it be too much too soon? Kind of similar to what Rashford had. You know, remember when he was 18 and his... Development was streamlined. He went into the England squad six months into his United career. I think yeah. I'd just be slightly concerned, even though Manu has all the talent in the world and he's a brilliant player. Um, but I, I just would be concerned if he went because you know how the media, certain elements of the media, like the what way, best way to say it, they like to uh, harass Switch. young black players. They, they mm-hmm. like to harass young black players. I'm not going to sugarcoat it, right? That's what they do. And they don't to Rashford, they don't to Saka, they don't to Jaden Sancho. Um, after that Euros, I'd just be concerned that would happen him. I think, look, I do think he's a candidate, and, all, and also another player that not many people are kind of talking about is Curtis Stones from Liverpool. I think he's someone, if you're looking yeah, at number um, ball yeah, carrier. Yeah, if you're looking at like his form for Liverpool this season. Oh, he's been one of their best players this season, in fairness to him. Yeah, he's flown True, under the radar. Dark horse, like. Mm. He's flown on the radar. I think, like, if you look at his ball carrying, his ability to kind of drive Liverpool forward in midfield, I do think, again, similarly to Kobe Mayneau, he's talented. He's he's a goal scorer. But the, thing is, the thing is, right, the common denominator between all this is, is Southgate. And we've known from past experience, Southgate doesn't learn. He doesn't. He no, mm-hmm. He's no tactical gene in his body. Like, 
he doesn't learn from past experience is the problem so is it a case of taking in all this new talent and just going with the same system he always runs with but even if he plays that then just getting shot on but the thing about it is evan if he plays that midfield like if he plays a three like he has been doing recently right think about this Callum Phillips's legs won't be there because he has played fuck all football in two years. Jordan Henderson has played has basically been on the golf course in Saudi Arabia for six months, and now he's playing in the Eredivisie where the pace of that league is crap. It's useless. Mm-hmm. So if, if Southgate really, if this is probably going to be his last tournament, he has to look at this in a way, and he has to take a risk because if he doesn't, if he goes with the old tried and trusted. It's going to be a case where England are going to be. It's going to get to the the bigger games like your Croatia's, your France's, your Portugal's, your Spain's, where England are going to need to retain the ball. They're going to have to be in a position where they can be competitive in midfield against these technical teams. And if he doesn't pick a Curtis Jones or you know, a Kobe Mayo or even I'm going to say it, and people might crucify me here, but even players like Ross Barkley who can retain the ball, you know, players like oh, that. Oh my God! You You're know, back the years, kid. No, but these are players who can do help retain the ball. They can do they can be playmakers, they can be sixes, they can be eights, they can be tens. They want the, the, the thing that's really fucked England over in the last two tournaments, the semi-final and the final, is the ability to do manage a game in midfield, the ability to, to you know slow it down. Do you know, I remember when England were playing Italy in the Euros and they brought on Jordan Henderson. And they had to, before they brought on Henderson, they had a grip in the game, they were dominating the game. They brought on Henderson. They could not retain possession. He was booting it into the stands. And it would allow Italy back into the game. You look at the game against France. Same thing. I like him. He plays Mason Mount. Mason Mount won the penalty. But Mason Mount was not helped retaining the ball. Do you know what I mean? I think England need that. Yeah. Henderson Henderson likes to think that he's he's someone that he's not. And thinks he's yeah. this tactical fucking ball player. Which he's not. No, he hasn't I, a clue. I I can see it from a, from an England fan's point of view. Is it looks frustrating? It does. Mm. It looks very frustrating. But the talent is there. Like oh, if you definitely. want to look at who's in Chelsea. Like you have Palmer. You have fucking Gallagher. Like the talent is there to to for England to go on and win trophies. Like and I just can't understand how through all these years that England can't pull a fucking. A, a winning team together like and the talent it's, is just immense it's so like it's, the golden generation years ago remember when england had gerard lampard and Scholes, and mm-hmm. sven Gorn erickson couldn't play all of them in the system the common yeah. denominator is they didn't have michael carrick sitting in the middle if carrick was sitting in the six gerard and lampard or gerard and Scholes or lampard and Scholes, they could have played as eights but they played four yeah. four two yeah. do you yeah. know what i mean system killed them it's 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 the uh, and it, it's the thing where I think Southgate needs, like, he has the six in Rice. He needs to play Bellingham in his, like, best position further forward. He can play yeah. Bellingham as an eight. But the problem is, you play Bellingham as an eight, you're losing kind of his best traits at the moment, which is his goal arriving into the box. Oh, yeah. You're missing that. See, I think Southgate wants to try win with that old English football formation was the old English football way and it's just not working with the players he has like he needs to like there's there's only so many times you can say it without getting a pain in your face is he needs to fucking start 
pulling the fucking finger out and start watching club matches and actually watch them and fucking utilize the players in their proper positions to their to their unique ability like i said with bellingham in the 10 row rice in the six it's they need the sol- the solidness in it like the, the balance needs to be there like look again i'm i don't want to la- feel wax lyrical about england here because certain individuals think i'm an england fan i don't not want that to come across <laughs> on this podcast at all you know, you're half english what's going on <laughs> fun fact i lived in england for a couple of years but that was when i was oh. a child before i knew any better before i knew any sense um but like i do think england have a, a a pool of players right now where i do think they could win the next two tournaments i do think they could win the euros and the world cup back to back if they if they were serious you know if they had let's say i'm not even lying if you had Jose Mourinho is England's manager right now. England would win the European Championships, right? Jose Mourinho would win. He's a tournament manager. He'd win it. If England had Graham Potter right now, they would win fuck all, right? Sweden, yeah. nada. But it, it, goes, it actually reminds me of, of a fact that I see on Twitter. I don't know. If, don't quote me exactly on it, but when was the last time an English manager won the Premier League? Never. Never. No English manager won the Premier League. There you go. There you go. Mm. Sir Alex is Scottish. Like, Sir Alex was yeah. Scottish. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's madness. He was like Sir Alex was the last British manager to to win the Premier League, but Sir Alex was an anomaly. Like Sir Alex managed Aberdeen and beat Real Madrid in the European final. Like that's how great mm. that man was. Mm. We'll come on to that topic in a in a little bit. Um, we're talking about Premier. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now you wanna get mixed up in the family business? Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Really good. All time great. Um, oh, <laughs> that's going to be hip along to um, to the situation with Vincent Company at Burnley. And it's a bit of a strange one because they haven't thrown a punch all season. They've looked like they're going to get relegated from the first game against Man City at home in Turf Moor. They've won one game all season, which was a 1-0 win over Sheffield United, which are another relegation for their team. But madly enough, there's been absolutely no pressure on Vincent Kompany, no call for his head. Doesn't seem to be any immediate plans to sack him in order to survive at all costs in the Premier League. Evan, what have you made of that situation? Do you think Burnley are playing the long game with this where they're happy maybe to get relegated this year, take the money from the parachute payments, build properly, and in two years' time, make a real go in the Premier League and become that Premier League mainstay again? Exactly. I'm probably after saying this uh, since we started back talking the league that these bottom teams are after fixing the system and know they're going to get bank, bank, bank for doing fuck all and then come next season, dominate the lower league, dominate the championship, come back up and then stay up. They had, they're just looking for that, that quick dash. And unfortunately, I think that's what a lot of them are doing nowadays. It, and it, it, it is unfortunate to see and it does take excitement out of the football but like it it just goes to show like financially it 
clubs aren't about soccer anymore, in my opinion. Right, that might be controversial to some people. Come from my head if you want, but look at our club. I the, fucking agree with you. Well, there you go. There you go. Clubs are are, are just a, an absolute money money scheme now, right? Which is whatever. They're not about the the passion of the game or the the actual ball playing on the pitch. It's all about revenue, money coming in, money going out, and. The case of with Burnley, they know they're going to get big bucks to do fuck all. So, like, why not just ride out the rest of the season, hold on to the manager instead of paying them off fucking millions to to just try get in a new lad and try keep fans happy? Like, fans fans are already lost. Burnley fans are already down and out. So just wait for next season, play out, play out the rest of the season, get big bucks, dominate championship. Buy decent players, come back up, and just stay on par, stay above relegation from there on. Like, and if times get tough, just repeat the cycle. You know, and it's unfortunate that's it's shit the way you look at it. But if, if you can show me evidence that I'm wrong, fair enough. Yeah, but they've become a bit of a yo-yo club, haven't they? They've kind of been up and down, up yeah. and down, up and down. A little bit like Fulham over the past few years. And Wolves Financially, it just makes sense like to stay yeah. relevant, to stay alive. It just makes sense to just go down, get yeah. that big buck. You talked about spending. I, I want to bring up a couple of just the money they spent last summer because you can talk about getting them getting parachute payments, but the fact they've only three league wins this season um and you look at the outlay they've had compared to like luton town let's say and everton um they got i can't pronounce this fellow from basel but they got zeki amdouni i think that's how you pronounce it 18 million pounds for a promoter club james trafford from man city 17.3 million aaron ramsey yeah look this i'm saying for promote club like you have aaron ramsey 16.45 million you have jordan bear 15 million sander berg 13 million 13.9 so you may as well round that up to 14 million um wilson i can't pronounce his second name sorry um but 12 million and then darrow shea irish man 8 million um, you're definitely up about 80, 80 million there like yeah you, you're not far off 80 million like that's what i'm saying you're you're talking nearly if you add do all the quick maths there right you're talking about nearly north to 80 to 100 million they've spent as a promoted side and that's and that's not to say when you look at the loan transfers they've got, they got Fafana from Chelsea, who's been a decent the last couple of weeks, to be fair. Um, you know, Phil Veghorst got sent out on loan. You look at they they've 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 got a few free transfers like Nathan Redmond and who's do have decent wages as well. So they have spent, and I do think the thing one I think I'd say about Vincent Company, I think he's massively underachieved this season because if you like if you take into context what people were saying about Burnley at the start of the season. Compared to now, me included, I had them staying up. I had them finishing about four, fifteenth, fourteenth, mm. um, this season. But considering it was because of the outlay they had last summer, and because the football Vincent Company was playing in the championship, where they're playing front foot football, and they spent nearly a hundred million on top of what they what they're already after spending the season before, um, in the championship. So, like when I look at that, and I look at how the way Burnley are playing, whereas like. Tactically, during games, Vincent Company is not adaptable. He's still, even when they're getting battered in the games, he's still trying to play that same type of way. And it kind of reminds me of remember Blackpool a few like a good few years ago when they're in the Premier League. Yeah, back, like, go back years now, kid. Yeah, like 2010, 2010, 11, yeah. 
May yeah. 10th, 11th season, where they tried to play front foot football. And some weeks it was entertaining to watch, but more often than not, um, you know, more often than not, they got battered. And like, I, I do think company needs to be like, well, I think they're fucking, they're fucked anyway. They're relegated now. But, but the thing hmm. is, right, right, do you think they're spending money for the championship? Do you think they're spending for next season? Is the thing. It, it comes back it's to not my point. Hundred million to play in the championship. Oh, well, it seems like they're, they're holding out for the championship. They're waiting for next season ball. Like the owners don't just, seem desperate to just, stay in the Premier yeah. League. They just don't care. They, like. they, they've because they're getting battered every week. You, like, you don't spend a hundred million before you get promoted, and then with the expectation that with a manager like Vincent Company, who was a big name, you don't spend a hundred million. You know, but the thing is, hundred million in today's game is it is it a lot for a promoted side of this promoted side of this, yeah. table. like let's say if you're a team that's hinging from like 12th down to let's say 20 in the league right now 100 million is plenty yeah but to to we say like we won't even the say trying to compete for the title yeah i agree when you look at the likes of man united spending 200 million or 240 million like for the ambition of getting champions league football and potentially challenging then 100 million is more than enough, I think, to be spent to try and survive in the Premier League. Definitely. Especially when you consider players being on loan as well and free mm. transfers. Like that, that's what I'm saying. If even outside, like if you look at like the outlay of transfer fees, it's nearly 100 million. But then outside yeah. of the transfer fees, you're talking about the players on loan and free transfers. You're talking about, let's say, if I talk it up on the top of my head, about 100, 120 to 130 million worth of talent imported into the club since last summer. Mm. And some of them players like James Trafford, who was one of the highly one of the highly taught you know, young goalkeepers coming through, was it the World Cup or Euros he won in the summer? Which it's one? Euros, I think it was. Euros, yeah. Yeah. Um, and if you look at when, when you look at like Newton Town spending fuck all, getting Og Benny for like what two, three million, mm. and he's been very effective. Um, Ross Barkley on a free, um. You know, like you look at that outlay. I think actually, just before it, just I think that Ross Barkley on free is is probably one of the best signings of the season. It is yeah. definitely, yeah. If not the, and it's if it's so overlooked. It's it's so overlooked. Yeah. If not the, I know. Look at the end of the season, we'll probably do a tier list of signing, signing the season worth signing. Um, there probably a couple of United players on there. There's more than a couple of kids. There's more than well, a couple. <laughs> yeah, like if you look at signings this summer, like last summer, I do think Ross Barkley is definitely up there for like bargain for sure. I didn't see Johnny Evans on a free to Man United as well. It, it looks That's up there. I, I went mad about that transfer, but if you look at that now for free, a lot transfer, of people did. Yeah. yeah, and like look again, just show us, don't it? One, you, you, like you know, don't draw the book by its cover sometimes. That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. The Burnley one, it's a strange one. I think there's a bit of a system there. And like Evan said, we kind of discussed it a few weeks ago, myself and him and Julio, about that kind of exploitation that some clubs are using them parachute payments. And it, it's probably not so much the clubs that should be blamed, it's the system that's there to be exploited. Maybe we need to look at using that money a little bit better in the lower well, leagues, think, spreading it out. Do you think I you think mentioned parachute payments? You mentioned parachute payments. Do mm. you think Burnley only break even? When they get them, consider their outlay there. They don't potentially so. Yeah, potentially so. Yeah. Yeah, but then just to dominate championship next season, like. 
Why the fuck would you pay 150 to dominate the championship though? You could do that with about 40. Yeah, but it's still it's still just a guarantee. It's just that benchmark. I want, do you know what I mean? Just to to guarantee that going up like. But if they were going to more, race, there's a lot more money than to go up and go down. But this is this is my thinking on it. If you want to dominate the championship, why the fuck do they sack Sean Dyche then? Mm. Yeah. Why do you get a big name in Vincent Company if you if you're relying Could on the championship? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, think, I think they got promoted. I think I think they got promoted ahead of schedule. I think they were planning for long term under company. I think last season yeah. went a bit better than what they expected because they absolutely blew that league away last year. Yeah. And if you remember that that summer before when they got relegated, they got decimated. They lost literally the spine of their team. Nearly everyone left. I had them tipped to get relegated to League One. But they just absolutely came out of nowhere, played unbelievable football in the championship, which you don't normally see. And they got promoted easily. I, th- I think I, they were ahead of I schedule. Think, I think you'd see football be restored if you take away that parachute money and make teams actually fight to stay up. I think, we'll say what? I think clubs in 15, 16, 15, 14th, is that? Am I right in saying that? Or is it 17, 16, and 15? I think 17, they should 17. get the... Yeah, I think they should get the money. And that would fight, make clubs fight to stay up. Hmm. That's that's where it gets interesting. I think that's where clubs need to... It'll, it'll show better quality football, more dog in, in the fight in the game. It's, it's more incentive, isn't it? Like? Exactly. Give them a reason to stay up. Don't give them a reason to drop down, you know, that kind of way. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, it means you're going to have more variety in terms of the teams that are getting promoted from the championship as well, rather than looking at the exactly. same teams coming up every second season, which is getting a bit boring for the league. It'll affect the brand long term anyway. Yeah, but um, yeah, look, this is what they it is. Can fight for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, competition that's the key to what we're looking at, isn't it? Every week is it's competition, healthy competition. Um, look, we'll move on to the juicy stuff. So the stuff that Evan has been rubbing his hands over all day, and that is we're going to look back on the all-time Premier League <laughs> ranking lists. So we'll start off with strikers. So Evan, top three strikers. Start the debate off. Who would you have in the top three? Right. We'll start with number right. three, in your opinion. You have to go based on goals. The strikers are there for goals, right? And it's just out and out facts that you have to that's the sole job of strikers get goals so number three it kills me to do it but you have to do it is wayne rooney aston number three number three wayne rooney and i can see Keane's face already <laughs> you can see his face already right now there can be bias biased opinions in it and it all comes down to what do you base off best goals ability talent just how biased opinions on how much you like the player or hate the player but it, it facts are facts like and then you have to realize that's what you have to base on it's just pure goals so number two i went with sheer obviously all-time okay. premier league goal scorer has to yeah. win there interesting to see who your number one is yeah. here <laughs> I, it's pure it's He's pure no out dramatic pause, and it's it's beautiful to see. It, it's beautiful to see the terror in your faces, and I'm sure everyone that's watching as well. 
it just can't wait for me to say it. It's brilliant. It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'd love to say Drogba. I would love to say Drogba. Um, goal scoring machine. Of Stanford Bridge. Huh? I was about to press that remove button so fast. <laughs> oh, I'd love to say it. I'd love to say it. Unfortunately not. And I'm not going to be biased tonight. Um, number one, right? I'm going to put Henri. So I am. I'm going to put Henri. Good show. And I'm going to base it on goals, talent, and just out and out flair and likable player. Like He was sensational for Arsenal. Absolutely sensational. To watch him score goals when he scored, it was just beautiful to watch. Even against your own club, it was it's it's magical. It is magical. Now there has been some brilliant goals scored and some brilliant players coming in through the years, but I think Thierry Henry just had that excitement and that flair about it. And that's he's just number one for me. Interesting call. Keen, where do you stand? Um, number just three. actually an honourable mention. Just an honourable mention before we say. Oh, don't 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 do honourable mention. Don't do honourable mention. No. Oh, you bastard! <laughs> you absolute wanker! He's my number three. You <laughs> right? Skip what Evan said there. Um, Sergio Aguero is my number three. And <laughs> um, Sergio Aguero is my number three. Um, obviously, he has 184 goals in the Premier League in a short space of time. Yeah. Um absolute demon if you're on talk about um goal scoring overall impact like he what does man city are cheating bastards he was very integral in that first premier league title win um and over the years just popping up for man city in um in them games like we're, we're basing off goals i'm basing off goals and overall impact um sergio aguero is my number three um look I'm just being unbiased. I, I could put three United strikers in there if I wanted that. I'm just being unbiased. No, no, you've got to be neutral. You've got to be fair. Sergio Aguero's my number three. I, look, I, I, he get, I gave me many nightmares um, going to games. Do you know what? The one time I, I could have got to see Sergio Aguero, um, myself and Shane went over to United against Man City in the 2017-18 season at Old Trafford just before Christmas. And we and Shane thought Sergio Aguero was going to play. Pep started Gabriel Jesus, right? And Pep had Aguero warming up all game, and he didn't bring him on. He didn't bring him on all game. Um, and like I've, there's a great catalogue of players I've seen live at Old Trafford, like being to like Champions League and Premier League games. But I'm, I'm not, not that I'm sad to say, because um, he probably would have scored the bastard, but though I've never seen him um, play live. My number two is Thierry Henry. Um, so again, we're going off we're going off goals, but again, as an overall player, he was still he was electric. He was quick. As a striker, he'd drift out left, he'd do he he'd go out the right, he down the middle, do you know, he was um he, he's very he's very good at that. And yeah, he's again he could score from range, he could score tap ins. Um yeah, like look, he was he was a good player. Again, unbiased, because like if you look at the, my number two and my number three, one gave me one of my, my most devastating time as a Man United fan, and my number two gave me my most devastating moment as as an Irish fan. Yeah. And I am being completely unbiased here um, in that sense. And look, they're both multiple-time Premier League winners as well, so that's why I have the two of them at number two and number three. But my number one is Wayne Rooney. Um, again, I, I have to look at his goals-to-game ratio, 263 goals 
that's like 253 goals for Man United. I gave him an extra 10 there. Um, and he done that playing as a striker, obviously as a number 10 and as a winger. I know there's, but Wayne Rooney could have had about 300 goals if he wasn't so unselfish. Um, and the fact he has that level of goals playing for Manchester United um, during, during a very successful time period, I do think um, he, he get, I actually think he's, not that he's underrated, but he's underappreciated um, Joe, from like Man United fans um, and just fans around the world. I think he was an exceptional footballer and he'd he done it from the age of 16 all up the way to like the age of 30 in the Premier League. So for that reason, I, I, I gave Wayne Rooney my number one. You want to mention honorable mentions a minute ago. Not one of us have him in, in top three. Andy Cole. Yeah, Andy I was just thinking Andy Cole. Yeah. Fair he's an uh, honorable mention for me. I just want to mention, I want to give a stat with Andy Cole. Andy Cole has 187 Premier League goals. Not one of them is a penalty. That's crazy, yeah. Not that, 187 yeah. goals and no penalties. And um, Whereas Harry Kane is number two on the list with 213 goals, and there's a lot of them that are penalty kicks. Um, whereas yeah. if you look at Andy Cole, 187 with none. Like I, I was tempted to put Andy Cole number three, but I think Aguero, I know he's three goals less, but I do think there I do think he's slightly better than Cole as an all round footballer. Um, also so, I just to touch on that, I think Aguero deserved a lot more time in the Premier League. Yeah, injuries. He deserved yeah. a lot more yeah. time. Yeah, so yeah, it was this that was a tough one. I did think long and hard about Andy Cole. Um, but I just was looking at Yeah, you did, you dirty bastard. It definitely did, yeah. <laughs> I think about him all the time. <laughs> um no, my number three then. Was that was number three was the toughest one because I did have Kane in my head as well. In fairness to him, because look, I know he hasn't won a trophy, but you cannot deny that man's goal scoring mm. ability, his ability to drop deep, bring players into play. A really good player. I would love him to join United. But number three was Henri for the reasons that you gave as well. Just uh, he he gave me so much headaches as a as a kid. My brother's a big Arsenal fan and when they were winning leagues and, and Henri was banging goals in, it was an absolute nightmare. But he was when you look back neutrally, like he was one of the greatest ever imports into the Premier League. He's an absolute fantastic player. Uh, number two then would be Shearer because just as pure goal return, absolute goal score machine and he probably would have scored even more if he'd have actually joined Man United instead of Going to Newcastle, I know you say he doesn't regret that move, but how could you not regret it when you look at it? Just on that, I, yeah, I have a question for that. Do you think, right, just hypothetically speaking, if Shearer did sign for United and we didn't sign Solskjaer, do we still win the treble? Interesting one. Oh, I see. It's, it's the butterfly effect there now, you see. Yeah, yeah. a big time. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's, yeah, it's, uh, if Shearer's there, we don't get full in York, do we? Yeah, that's, that's it. That's yeah. a show in itself now. <laughs> Next week's show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, uh, we could do. We could actually do a what if series. A what if series? Yeah, what if? Series. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Number one, then I I agree with Keen, and it's not even just purely with a Man United hat on. It's just I love the money burst on the scene ever, and it's it's Wayne Rooney. It has to be. He's I'm just fucking outnumbered here. One of my all time favorite footballers i just think he fucking had it all he like his career spiraled near the end i think because he burst on the scene so young and his physique he just didn't look after himself the same way ronaldo no, did later on drinking that's why exactly yeah he just didn't didn't yeah, care as much as <laughs> yeah exactly yeah 
finding himself in brothels and everything. But uh, no, I, I'd have to have him as number one. I just think his all-around <laughs> game, and he had the goal-scoring ability as well on top of that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, Shearer, or sorry, Wayne Rooney definitely be my number one. So um, <clears throat> next position then, uh, I'm going to split this into two. I was just going to say midfield, but I'm going to go wingers first because I think it can be quite oh, broad. Oh, so you didn't put this in here. Oh, I didn't know we were going yeah. to do wingers well, now. I'll do it off the yeah. cuff, I don't care. Yeah, do it off the oh, cuff quickly, oh. right? Top three um, wingers. You have a lot to pick from here, so top three wingers right. in the Premier League of all time. I'll go. Number I'll three, go. David Beckham. Um, Beckham, Beckham's assists. He was an old school winger. His goals, his free kicks, his crossing, absolutely unbelievable. And it was robbed yeah. of a Ballon d'Or in 1999. Um, number two, Eden Hazard. Um, yeah. again, one of the greatest wingers in Premier League history. Um, yeah, one of the Joe, more modern, Joe, beat your beat your man, Joe, dribbling skills, absolutely unbelievable. Um, number one, Cristiano Ronaldo. Them, them years in the Premier League, he was the best player in the world. And look, I think like you look at his goal scoring for as a midfielder, sorry, as a winger. Um, though he was absolutely sensational. Um, and even like if you look at his big game impact for Man United when we won the three P, like there's no like if you look at the battles him and Ashley Cole used to have in them games. There's not many, like, obviously, defenders who can neutralise Ronaldo, but equally, there's not many wingers who would give Ashley Cole a go, a run. You know what I mean? Um, now, I was tempted to put Ryan Giggs in there, but I do think um, I think Beckham is just better than Giggs. And that's just yeah, my personal think... opinion. Um, but they're, yeah. they're, they're my three anyway. Evan, top three wingers. I'm stuck for three, right? I'm stuck for number three. I think it's obvious, evidently, Ronaldo and Hazard, respectfully. Mm-hmm. Right. In what order? Hazard, one. Hazard number one. Oh my God, that's the leave me question. Hazard number one has to be number one. I think it's blasphemy having Hazard number two. It's absolutely ridiculous watching that man break his back to carry Chelsea through some of them seasons was just sensational. Ronaldo, there's just not a question there. Like, yeah, the only man that that rivals him is is Hazard. Like. He's number one. Number three is where I'm stuck. And it comes into play for me, modern football and modern players. And I think as much as nostalgia loves to get me, it's it's hard to rule out Salah. Because there's so True, much. Actually, yeah. He made all, this, all that debate on, on Twitter between Salah, prime Salah. That one Premier League in nine years is amazing, isn't it? No, hold on. We're not going off titles here. We're going off ability and talent. If we're going off trophies, fair enough, but... work like, it, it, like if you put everything into nutshell, talent, time served, you know, goals, assists. And obviously goals and assists will help so Salah. Goals and assists are there. You have longevity as well. Salah is still here. Like. Salah is serving his time. So mm. you he can't is. take that away from him. Like, history is history. I understand that. Like, And longevity... Nostalgia, trophies, goals, assists—they all come into play. But you do have to take into account that modern-day football. And Salah is, is is as much as I hate Liverpool with passion. Mm-hmm. Salah is sensational. He is, and I think. Do you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna say it live here. I think Bex is overrated. I think oh, Bex is Jesus overrated. Christ. Where's that? I, I, I don't give a shit. 
Reese is going to come from my head and everyone's going to come from my head. Bex is overrated. Fuck the lie. Fuck United. Fuck Bex. Um, um, it is a shame how he was treated in the Premier League. Um, but I think Salah, Salah slips a third for me. Simple as. I think you, you I have can to accept Salah football. in third. I can absolutely 100% accept Salah as a third because like he's as a very... Um, you know, good record and like to be fair like look he's done well to fucking come back after the way he was treated at Chelsea to be fair um but to say Beckham's overrated I think that's what <laughs> I think that's what I think that's one of the most outrageous statements oh. ever that David Beckham was overrated I think that's yeah. outrageous oh look at he's probably he's probably the best crosser of a football in the Premier League's history, without a shadow of a doubt, that man's consistency. It's him and Alexander Arnold. So two, like, what, yeah, without a doubt. Their ability like, to Beckham number to, one, Trent number two. Yeah, without a yeah, shadow of a doubt. Can't say Thomas Bet for just solely on their ability to cross the ball. It wasn't that though. His free kicks, his his... the score and assist, and he done both. Yeah. yeah. I don't. Know, I just think that's literally what I mean. Top is. Hold on, Evan. You're mentioning. But look, that, you have to you have to have a bit of controversy. You have to have a bit of controversy. I know, I know, but I know this way. This way, it's a debate. But like you're saying, um, like all he done was cross the ball. He also scored from open play. He also scored from free kicks. He also scored from the fucking halfway fucking line. Had the fucking audacity <laughs> to fucking play that. I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it to come off. <laughs> no, but do you know what I mean? Like he's done all these different things. He's a complete footballer. He's not like if you if you really want to break down an overall player, he's a better out and out footballer than Mo Salah. Mo Salah's just a goal scorer, whereas David Beckham is a more complete footballer. It's fair. He, he does suit that 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 winger position better, but like we'll it, do a show. We'll do a show on that one as well. We'll do a show on that one as well. Because now a right winger now is an inside forward, whereas back in the day it was a winger was expected to do everything, whereas. You're, if you're playing in the four three three and you're playing on the right now, it's about cutting yeah, in and scoring. That is fair. You know, whereas David Beckham, like if you look at David, I, I don't want to be nostalgic here. I fucking hate because United are shit now. But like, you know, David <laughs> Beckham, David Beckham used to run up and down the wing. He, he'd do his defensive work. He'd get the ball. He'd switch it to Giggsy or do you know he he fucking play Rooney, well he wasn't playing Rooney. He played with fucking Do Dwight York and Andy Cole. He'd pump it through to them or pump it through to Solskjaer. Um, like he he was a complete footballer. I actually think if you look at like an all time Man United eleven, he gets in. He gets mm. in. Mm-hmm. I think he get, gets in ahead of Ryan Giggs. And like I think so, he will get into my eleven. On the podcast a couple of weeks ago, I'd love to, he, I'd actually I'd love to ask him the question. Mm-hmm. Who's this? I was just saying Please. like there. I was like we we gigs his brother on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. I'd love to ask him who he actually thinks. Is it like a better complete out now footballer? Do you know, was it Giggs or was it Beckham? In his unbiased yeah. opinion, do, yeah. do you know who's an honorable mention? Yeah, <laughs> an honorable honorable mention, and it is it has to be Joe Cole. Oh it yeah, Joe Cole. seriously, not, not in all time. time. No, no, yeah, I would have him in the top ten. There, yeah, he was ahead of his time. Top, you yeah. wouldn't have him in top ten. Nah, not oh, in fucking Premier League wingers. No way. Nah, oh, not a chance. Jonathan, not stop a chance. it now. Stop nah. it. Don't upset me. Don't upset me. Right, look, we'll move on. Otherwise, we'll be here till we're fucking half 11 tonight going through this. Um, Quickly, my three would be 
actually, I actually would have Hazard first. I think he was genuinely one of the yes. Premier best ever dribble yes. winger. I genuinely do. I really do. Yes. And also, I think Ronaldo, his best years when he got when he hit that like peak of being world class, he started to become more central and more kind of up top with Rooney kind of on the left. So I do actually think he was more of a, of a striker in the end. Um, so Hazard would be my top. Salah would would be my number two, I think, because he's just been his numbers are unbelievable. They're oh, they're fucking ridiculous. Really? And then number three, number three, then would be Bex for me. Yeah, was that? Uh, no Ronaldo. They are. They're no just Ronaldo. gonna. Oh, you're the best player in the world, Jonathan. That's, that's yeah. controversy now. Yeah, yeah. I, I just I, think I no, I like the man was unbelievable. Don't get me wrong, but I just think all I time Premier League box. wingers, wingers. I just think, yeah, I'll just come in at the end with that one. But we'll move on now to midfielders. This is going to be a controversial one. Top three central midfielders. Yeah. Evan, go. All right, it's without a doubt, shadow of a doubt, Lamps is number one. Without a shadow of a doubt, I will fucking die on any hill. Lampard is the best Premier League midfielder. And I don't care what you want to say, he is solely... He's just fucking amazing. Chelsea, man, I am being biased now here as well. But the man just couldn't stop scoring goals for a fucking midfielder. It's just amazing. Number Mm -hmm. two, as much as I hate to say it, is Stevie G. That leadership talent was just sensational. You have to put him up there. See, this is is the thing about this. When you talk about midfielders, it always comes down to the tree with, with lamps. Steven Gerrard and, and scores. It always comes down to entry, right? So there's there's no way you can't put Steven Gerrard in there. Now my issue is the, the third spot, right? Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. And I don't think Scholes fits in there. <laughs> I oh, don't Jesus think Christ. Scholes fits in there. Evan, oh, you're he doesn't, fire. man. He doesn't. That's a mortal sin. He doesn't do it for me. He doesn't do it for me. He just doesn't. He did it for us for twenty fucking years. I don't care who he done it for. He just doesn't do it for me. And I yeah, like it's yeah. It's hard. It's hard not to do it, right? So who's so, your number three then? So my number three is Cesc Fabregas, right? And now there's a million and one players they put in there. You have yeah. fucking Makaleli, literally position named after him. So you do. You have Yaya Torre, an absolute fucking animal of a man mm-hmm. in that midfield role. But just there's coming back to the Thierry Henry talk, just something magical about watching him play every week. It was just sensational to see the passes he'd give, the balls he used to play. Oh my God. When he used to link up with, with Costa, even. Oh, the, the, the two were just dynamic. Everyone feared Chelsea when them two linked up. And it was just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful football. Are you basing you basing Cesc Fabregas as your number three based off his time with Chelsea? No, just with his time with Arsenal as well. But I'm just saying, I'm just pinpointing this time with Chelsea it was oh. just beautiful to watch. So it was Porto so scored. Who? Porto won it up against Arsenal. Lovely. Oh fuck! That's a very that's a very tough tough time for me now to see Arsenal, and I hope William is fucking. Kicking himself, but anyway, yeah, yeah. Back to the point. My my one lamps number two CVG and number three Cess. Kane, far away. Fabregas is in my top five. He's in top five, top six. He's not my top three. Um, I'll go from third to first. 
Um, third, I'm going Roy Keane. Um, mm-hmm. That is a name bias. He was the complete midfielder. He could score, he could assist, he could track back, he could break up play. He'd done everything. And you talked about leader, Evan. This man was the reason why Man United won a treble more or less in 99. Um, that performance against Juve in that semi-final, he, sing- he got suspended, but single-handedly dragged United to a Champions League final and played through injury as well. Um, and his body of work when he went to league titles um, as well. Um, Roy Keane's number three. Number two for me is Kevin De Bruyne. Fair. Um, in terms of... Fair show. Um, in terms of body of work in the Premier League, his longevity, his consistency, um, his ability to pass the ball, create chances, score goals. And again, I think a lot of this work might end up being tainted if City get found guilty. But right now, whilst they're not being found guilty, you have to tip your hat to them, I do think. Mm-hmm. Um, for, for the amount of years he's done it. Um, if found guilty, I, I still, th- still think he can't take away with his, his ability. He can't talent. take away what he's done, but he's not going to have any league titles by the end of it, like that type of way. But like, look, tomato, yeah. tomato, at the minute. Tomato, tomato. Another show, another show, another show. Yeah. Um, but like in terms of his body of work, uh, I can't look past him on the leagues he's won. And with City and how he's done it, and in the seasons where City have won like 98 points, 100 points, 99 points, um, he's been the center of that. And he's been like the if you look at the way Pep's moved players on, there's one player who was a constant in this Manchester City team, and um, it, it's Kevin De Bruyne. Now, now the, the only thing I'd tear Kevin De Bruyne down with is his in some cup finals, he like, i.e., some Champions League finals, he's gone and uh, missing. He's got injured in some of the big games. He's got injured. That's the only thing I'd tear him with. But other than that, um, he's my um, he's my number two. Number one is the person who you didn't have number three. It's Paul Scholes. Um, like Paul Scholes done it for over twenty years in the Man United midfield, the best passer the Premier League has ever seen. Scored a ridiculous amount of goals. Screamers all over the shop. And Scholes like came out of retirement. Uh, went into retirement a Premier League winner came out of retirement with a pair of 50 quid boots on and won another pe- Premier League so I don't give a fuck what anybody says you, you can have all these <laughs> you, you, can, you can have all these sweeter hipsters and you can have all these people who, who say Lampard is the best midfielder or Gerrard's the best midfielder when when you look at what they were doing at, the, at them specific ages Paul Scholes came out of retirement and then went, came back out of retirement won a, midfie- won a Premier League yeah, I don't know what else to say. Like, I think I think he's undisputedly number one. Um, now some people might say Cesc Fabregas. I look, he's a brilliant midfielder. What he done in Arsenal was great. Um, you know, brilliant. You have players like, well, yeah, yeah, Torre. I, yeah. I I wanted to put him in my top three and in, in place. He's a of the fucking animal. Yeah, yeah, yeah Torre is so overlooked. I had to look at longevity and I had to look yeah. at those certain things and I had to look at like how what I want to see in my midfielder. I I'd, like there's no way I couldn't put Roy Keane not in number three, especially when he's like mm-hmm. when you're deep it, he's the greatest captain in Premier League history. Yeah. But not only that, he's you know, he was the complete he was the complete package. I think injuries kind of fucked him over towards the end of his career. Um and yeah, look, I'll give Stephen Gerrard his flowers. He single-handedly carried Liverpool during some very troubling times. But just the, the one thing I'll say to you about Stephen Gerrard is, yes, he carried Liverpool some through some moments. He, he he won games on an individual basis. Looking around, times maybe he'd give away a ball. Looking around, like if you, the biggest example is Stephen Gerrard for me. The reason why I won't put him in my top three when Liverpool won the Champions League in two thousand and five, 
Gerrard was playing midfield when they were 3 0 down, and he was erratic. He was erratic, giving away the ball. He couldn't cope with um, AC Milan's midfield. Rafa Benitez moved him to right back because he was getting torn to, torn to shreds in the Champions League final. Yeah, he did go on to score the header that got 3 1, but in that big game, he had to change his setup because Gerrard wasn't disciplined enough as a midfield player against um, a big side. Mm-hmm. So you reason, can't, but but you can't base off one one game. I'm not based off one game. But Gerard also bottled the league for Liverpool in 2014, so it's not a fucking hope I'm putting them in the top four. That, top mm-hmm. three. Like, that was probably one of the best league. moments ever. He's seen the, I know it's probably one of the best moments of against, against against a Chelsea B team. A B yeah, team. It was, yeah. Well, he's seen the hand Chelsea B team. Think about think deeper though, deeper for a second. You look at the Chelsea game. Single handedly lost the league for Liverpool in that game, but also, secondly, the Crystal Palace game when they drew three all the game after that, he was also integral in them dropping points in that game as well. So, equally, like if you look at the bit like the, the cups in the cups for Liverpool, he was great in the league for Liverpool, he was great, but just being great is good, but great is not good enough in this case, yeah, Stevie May. Anyway, yeah. my top three, really quickly, because we have to move on two more positions. Uh, number three, Roy Keane, similar to Keane. Right? I just couldn't leave him out just for his absolute overall ability and influence on the club. Number two, Frank Lampard, for sure. Without a doubt, you couldn't leave him out with top three. His ability to score goals, and he was just some man. His timing to arrive in the box was second to none. He was absolutely phenomenal goal scorer midfielder and statistically the best goal scorer midfielder in Premier League history. And then number one, then for me, is Scalzi as well. I couldn't think of anyone ahead of him um honestly just couldn't so that was an easy I choice for me though yeah there we are yeah there we are we know you picked ahead of him um right we go with defenders <laughs> then not not just defenders in general top three defend not full backs not center backs specifically top three just defenders in premier league history you know hold on now hold on yeah. going, go first yeah, defenders now we're saying yeah. well just, they played go in the on, back go four first, so. go on, go first. play in the back four Right, right. Oh, you can pick, what, pick whatever way you want. You can pick three left backs if you want. Pick three right backs. It's open. I don't, don't centre half, but I'm going to switch it off. Right. Um, because it's defenders, I'm going to throw one full back in here. I'm going to go Ashley Cole number three. Um, as over like he played in the Invincibles team and he played in that Chelsea team. So yeah, he goes in number three. So people are, are in group chats are probably battering me right now for saying that, but it is. Nah, it is. they shouldn't though. They shouldn't. It's, yeah. it's, it's but they probably four. will. They probably will. Um, number two, John Terry. Again, he's unbelievable. The captain, proper leader, and yeah, he delivered a big moments for Chelsea. And then number one's Rio. Yeah, that that that's just my. And I'm gonna go through my reasons. They're my top three: Cole, uh, Terry, and Rio. Evan, yeah, look, it's 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 it. I don't think it's a, there's a debate there. Once you said defenders, it, it opened up to left and right back. And my, my the only I only have one difference with Keane is Rio and Terry switch for me. That's my only, only difference. I, I don't think he, anyone that moves off of that, it, I think they're just fooling themselves. There is arguments there, but apart from that, what's that? You get someone's gonna try to throw Virgil Van Dijk in there. I just, he's in a conversation, no. but like the, I think Rio and Terry are levels. He's in a top ten conversation. He's yeah, not top in top 10, three. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think yeah, everyone's I, agreement that. 
it comes down to the case of when you're solely looking at defenders in general, you have to have Cole in there, left back. Like if you're talking about centre backs in general, then it's it's a more open discussion. But I think them three are, are solidified. I give you three centre halves. What my I give you what my actual top three was, right? Um, because I, I didn't know fullbacks were actually um in this. My my top three were Yap Stam and John Terry and Rio Ferdinand. They're my top. They were my three defenders. Mine were this. Mine was Tony Adams, third, and then Rio and Terry. My three, even though we've included fullbacks, I just focus on centre backs, and I would go. Rio third, Terry second, and Vidic top. Oh, yeah. I just, no, Vidic, I couldn't. Vidic was an honorable mention. Vidic was an honorable mention. Two time player of the season, like a center back. A center back. I just, you think he was better than Sam? Vidic. I just Adams. don't think Sam, Sam didn't play in the Premier League long enough for me. Like, he was unreal. He's only a United well, What about Tony Adams, Nah, not in the top three for me. Definitely, what? definitely top six, seven, but de- no, not higher this than that. This is a Chelsea just... man arguing Tony Adams. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Tony Adams was a brick wall of a man, like, but no, nah, that's not in terms of. But let's just say, let's back. just say you're including fullbacks. Those cold I, I definitely if 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 I was going a bit looser, I would well, would have included Ashley Cole. I think he's one of the best fullbacks in Premier League history without a shadow of a doubt. What he let's transformed. Give let's give three fullbacks quickly. Fuck it, right? I'll give my three fullbacks. Go on, fire Ashley away. Cole number one. Dennis Irwin yeah. number two. Kyle Walker number three. That's that's exactly Gary Neville, just, yeah. Gary Neville has to be fourth though. I don't know. I would just the only thing I differ I with you know. there is I'd swap I'd swap Walker and Neville. That's the only difference I'd have with you there, but not, I'd agree with you there on fullbacks. No, I I I'd I'd keep Walker I'd keep that exact same list, yeah. But I wouldn't have Gary at four. You'd have him at twenty four, would you? No, 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 I I'd have my fifth I I'd have my fifth, yeah, have Ivanovich. Ivanovich had a Gary Neville. Yeah, you fucking that. serious. That. What are you Ivanovich. smoking? Has to be. No. Wait, do you have weed in them lost Marys? <laughs> <laughs> Puffing that early, also cheesy. <laughs> right, goalkeepers. Go. Keen, start. Want to go. No, Keen, start. Go ahead. Right, go on, Keen. Um, in number three, Peter Schmeichel. Yeah, um, I, I just agree. When If I have my hat, I'll tell you. Like that's I have Schmeichel um, in three. Here's Michael number three. I absolutely can't stand the man. Um, I'm going to be completely honest. Anyone who knows me long enough knows I can't stand the man. He caused Man United we after playing for Manchester City. You lost that right the minute you signed for City. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you can't call us we. But, yeah, you were unbelievable for us. Um, but you're not our best ever goalkeeper. Um, in number two, I've Edwin van der Sar. Yeah. Um, and then we and, know and, number one. Yeah. Um, Edwin van der Sar. Uh, yes, I'm asking for AB number one. Uh, no, but like, look, he kept the clean sheet. Sorry, record. yes, the British clean sheet record. Um, again, he was good, but I think that clean sheet record, similar to how David De Gea won the Golden Glove, was down to Rio and Vidic at the back. Um, how he kept that clean sheet record, and then number one, yeah, Petr Cech. Um, yeah, I, look Chelsea, I look how Chelsea conceded the 15 goals that season, he was a fucking monster. Um, in Crazy. the net. And mm-hmm. yeah, he, he was very good for Chelsea down the years. I think that skull injury, Stephen Hunt lived down the road from Clomel, um and Carrick <laughs> and knees Petr Cech into the head. 
and um, which probably probably shortened his career a bit. Um, yeah, look, well, it affected that. his judgment because he moved to fucking Arsenal after that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he went to only he only was Arsenal to retire. That's what all Chelsea players do. They just go to um, Arsenal. Yeah, they're, they're my three, I think. Um, Schmeichel, Van der Sar, and... Um, Czech. Czech, yeah. And yeah I, I actually, has, I, I 100% agree in that order. Yeah. That's my top three. I, I, I gave an honourable mention. Okay. mention to David De Gea. Yeah, you can, you can. I'll back that. I'll back it. For, I have for defended David De Gea. In 2013 and 2018. Unbelievable. He's one of the best shot stoppers in the Premier League history, in fairness to him. Up until yeah. last season, he was a yeah. really good shot stopper. Like, we won't talk about last season because I'll end up getting PTSD. Man won the Golden Glove. You have to talk about it. Yeah. Have to put it in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Andre Onana is second. Uh, yeah, queer. Andre Onana is second for the Golden Glove right now. Come on. Come on. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Evan, I assume you agree with that ranking there, don't you? Yeah, no, 100%. I think that's the first. I knew before. Before Monday came, I knew that's what we'd agree on. Before we talked about top trees of of anything, I knew hundred percent we we'd agree on on the keepers. I think anything else is is blasphemy, is madness. So, mm-hmm. but for sure, check number one, Van der Sar. I, I there is an argument between the two of them. There, it's it's very close for number one. It is close, yeah. It is. Yeah, I think check two shades it definitely. Reese yeah. mentions in the comments David Siemens an honorable mention, yeah. David James definitely not though. Fair. Siemens, yeah, James, James no. Not a fault. Um I'd um, actually give top, top, top ten. Top there, ten. There's, yeah. there's one honorable mention we didn't mention, not the comments. Joe Jamie. Hart. No, Alison Becker. Alison. I was gonna say, yeah, Alison Becker's a good show. Right, finally then. Yeah. Great a top three Premier League managers of all. Okay, time. this this should be quick. This should be quick. Yeah, I think I think this is this unanimous be number one. Done and dusted. Yeah, right. Yeah. Greenio Pep Fergie, yeah. Oh yeah, no, I don't think that. Oh, I I you, have you're, Wenger you're, in there. You're getting caught up a winger. You're getting caught winger fort. Winger fort. I'd have Wenger in there head of Pep. No, I just think the way the way he transformed English Can't. football, that man just completely brought a new mentality to the Premier League and he his did, style of football. You have to look you have to look at everything, Jonathan. Yeah, yeah. I, I am, and he was a, he was a glorious looking man as well. Like, <laughs> what about the ten years he didn't win at him, though? Yeah, that's fair enough. Like, and he probably outstayed as well. He, he stayed longer than he should have. He didn't know when to go, and like yeah. Fergie, he knew when to go. But I still just can't look. And this whole 115 charges against Pep is just it's he's just too reliant on money. The thing is, they're not against Pep. It's not against Pep, though. Is the thing? Yeah, but and he's the whole getting... money thing. That's that's the sport nowadays. That's the sport. Yeah. And Pep is playing the sport. Tim, my, my he, argument for putting Pep second, right, is obviously, look, charges pending. Until he's found guilty, he'll be taken out of it, right? But until that point, I think you have to look at the, his body of work. The fact he's winning leagues by throwing John Stones into midfield, throwing a Kanji into midfield, like, do you know what I mean? And he's adapting season upon season upon season. Um, do you know what he's... Um, he, he has to be in there. I think Jose Mourinho has to be number three. The fact, like... Like do back to back league titles, Chelsea left, came back, and also he's gonna be a future title winner at Man United as well with Chris Small and Phil Jones <laughs> in a center half. Um so for that reason, yeah, Jose Mourinho legend going into number three. But Fergie the is only thing one. that kills kills Jose for me is his stint at Spurs. 
yeah, we'll yeah, forget him. He's done too much, though, I think, for that to tarnish him. He's just... He, yeah. He that's, is... um, that, that's a season we'll forget about. It's like... Um, so like the, the, how he how that COVID. Happened. COVID, COVID didn't even COVID. happen. There was no one COVID. even there to witness it. There's no one <laughs> even there like, to witness yeah, it. Who won the league it's in that like COVID a, I haven't a clue. Kevin, I actually yeah. don't know. I think it was voided or something, wasn't it? Yeah. But the thing is that that Spurs thing, right? It I Wenger staying nine years without trophy outweighs Mourinho's one bad season at Spurs. Do you know? I think that yeah, that, that's worse. I think that's why Jose is number three. I think Wenger's fourth. Fingers for sure. I think Ock Tommy T does get an honorable mention as well. Past that, Ock is fifth. Ancelotti as well is probably sixth. Ancelotti oh. is definitely up there. What about Claudio Ranieri and his mighty Leicester team in 2016? No, one, one, the one mighty season does not does not show for for a top ten. Yeah, we just agree. Fergie's number one. We don't have to explain. Yeah, no, there's no, there's no explanation. No, there's no point. But Tommy yeah. T does get a shout out. Tommy T definitely gets a shout out. In your head, he does definitely. Hey, no, hold on now. Hold on. 18 months. Look what he's done in 18 months. Look you what can't. he's done in the last 18 months. No, stop it. Stop it. You can't. You can't. You can't deny what he's done for Chelsea. You can't. He, know, look, he, he won a Champions League, in fairness. What? He's not up there in the top three or top five, but he, he's, he gets an honorable mention. 100%. He's, he's not top 10 either. He's he's top fifteen for sure. Maybe I, I agree that he's not. He's not top ten. He's not top ten. Beautiful. But Gentleman, to say that... but to say he's top fifteen for the amount of time he's been there is a fair juice. Like Evan, you're just going to have to wait for next week until Julio comes no, back. I'm just going to rekindle. I'm going to rekindle. Here in my head, and I'm thinking of managers. I don't. I don't even think Thomas Tuchel is top fifteen. You know. No, you're crazy. No, you're crazy. You're crazy. End it here. End it here quick. End it here quick. We're going to have to leave it there. Yeah. Look, gents, it's been a pleasure. Evan, thanks so much. Keen, thanks for popping on tonight. Pleasure to see you again, my friend, after so long. Um, yeah. Lads, thanks so much. We had loads of comments in the description or in the comments box there tonight. It was really good. Loads of lads getting involved, loads of people watching. Uh, if you haven't already subscribed to the channel, like, comment. It just really helps with the algorithm on YouTube so we get more views and everything like that. But look, guys, it's been a pleasure as always. Thank you so much. And look, we'll see you again soon. Podcast Network.